This is Paul Adamson, and I'm in conversation with Giovanni Buttarelli. Giovanni Buttarelli is the European Data Protection Supervisor. Giovanni, the, the world of data privacy, data protection is full of people who are experts, and I would like this conversation, this podcast, to be more of a primer for people who, who know this is a very important topic, but don't follow it very closely, maybe, every day, like the experts do. So I'm going to start with some pretty basic questions, so be prepared. And my first question is, what is your do job? What does the European Data Protection Supervisor do? Oh, uh, let me start by saying that I'm detached to, to this job. Uh, I'm a member of the judiciary, so th that's my background. Cri criminal law, um, anti-mafia legislation, organized crime, cyber crime. That's, that's my, I mean, um, that's my history. Um, I am a commissioner in the sense that I protect people um, against wrongdoing concerning the information uh, relating to them and, and I am, am a special advisor to the European Union legislators so every piece of legislation uh, interesting uh, by a privacy perspective is scrutinized by me. Okay so everybody is talking at the moment about something called the, the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation which I understand is replacing legislation dating back to 1995 uh, you'll tell me this, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, that it was approved uh, in May this year but has to be implemented by May of 2018. So what is happening now? How are both private sector companies, the private sector and the public sector, preparing for this new regulatory regime? Oh, it's uh, more than a Copernican uh, revolution and everybody is uh, around the world is looking to, um, to us since this uh, piece of legislation will be applicable to everybody in the world offering goods and services in the European uh, Union. So all, all the over-the-top, the giants, no? uh, right. but also small companies from Bermudas to uh, Japan. And um, data protection is not anymore simply privacy. Is now a science. is is part of a good administration. So everybody in the public and private sectors um, using information, and everybody should use inf information. Mm -hmm. Should now consider that this uh, uh, has um, a lot of uh, positive implications in terms of opportunities, but also process information is also risky. No, by uh, different viewpoints. So some assessments are, are to be to be made. We are approaching a modern uh, phase uh, where we try not to slow down innovation but also to prevent a system where the uh, solution is not dictated by uh, technologies. No? So we, we are also considering the ethical dimension of, of data protection. Okay, I mean, as I understand it, many critics have said that the, the legislation is obviously very complex. I suppose by definition it cannot be anything but complex, but it's also very controversial. So in that context, uh, given that companies and the, and the public sector have to accept this now, it's been approved by, by politicians, um, how straightforward will it be for these organisations to actually comply within the deadline with the new provisions? Um, what is complex is not the output, uh, the deliverables, but the, the issue as such, because of the complexity of the issues to, to, be, to be regulated, because in saying yes or not to someone uh, oriented to process information, you have to balance different public and private interests, uh, identify the, the right uh, compromise. Um, w where is the priority, uh, for instance, security versus, uh, versus privacy? 
an aggressive uh, direct marketing versus uh, the right to be let alone. So uh, point by point you, you have to be reasonable, uh, persuasive, uh, you have to identify a solution which is workable uh, concerning new technologies. Companies now approaching um, the deadline of May 2018 cannot improvise this change in, in few weeks. Though this is to be carefully prepared today. Mm. They don't start from the scratch because uh, we already build on a basis of 20 years of fragmented experience, let's say, but not, not so bad. It's a, it's a, a big improvement. Um, we can succeed. I'm, I'm quite confident that uh, working hard in, in the next uh, 526 days <laughs> we, we will succeed. You're doing a countdown, I can yes. tell. Okay, so obviously you, you've, you've given yourselves, uh, given that people have to comply with this new regulation, two, two full years, May uh, 2016, May 2018, to get come to terms, to get their heads around this rather complex set of rules. Um, is is there any scope between between now and these during these 562 days, whatever the figure is, you just told me, for for organisations to come to you and and the other regulators is to to raise concerns or to ask for clarification or to ask for guidance, or is it that now a done deal? No, the big novelty is that there are homeworks for for all. Um, for us as regulators, because we are requested to be more selective. Uh, to be more predictable, more transparent, more accountable for what we do, uh, and therefore to issue guidance, but not uh, very dictative. Because the big, uh, the big novelty is around the so-called accountability, what, what it means mm. in practice. It, it doesn't mean simply that I'm responsible for, um, I mean, uh, violations. It, it means that I have more marginal maneuver in implementing these rules. Uh, there is a little bit of flexibility. Um, privacy and data protection are not uh, one fit for all because it depends on purposes, depends on organizations. What I'm requested to do, I'm a businessman, I'm a public administration, is to um, consider that this is an issue um, and ask my colleagues internally to have a policy, to identify what the, what the risks are, if any, to allocate responsibilities, to have an answer to different uh, questions, uh, and, and this uh, triggers scalability in, in terms of um, seriousness of um, your, your answers, but also flexibility. Um, so know your customer uh, is one of the mantras in, in, the, in the private sector. Uh, know your organization is one of our mantra. So we think that um, a company should be in control of the data and also the data subject. So the other big change is uh, in having a modern set of rules. Uh, consent, uh, prior consent is not the solution for all uh, activities. But people should understand better what others do with regard to, to, to their data data relating to, to them. So it uh, should be better informed in a dynamic way, mm. not uh, boring papers, but perhaps <laughs> uh, dynamic uh, windows, um, and, and to, um, to have a chance to, to really intervene where data are not accurate, uh, where uh, their, um, I mean, the, their substance is really detrimental. Okay, let's talk a bit about also about this this famous balance you're trying to strike between 
uh, data privacy, data protection, but also making sure that data flows freely in this new digital economy that Europe is trying to, 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 to champion. I mean, is, is there a balance to be struck? Is, is it more likely to be more blunt, uh, a trade-off between the two sides? I mean, how, how is Europe uh, dealing across the member states in particular with this balance stroke trade-off between data privacy protection on the one hand and the need to ensure that data flows freely on the other? Compared to 10, 15 years ago, I, I only see positive uh, novelties, meaning uh, we have uh, a much more harmonized uh, framework, so less fragmented uh, rules uh, among 28 member states. Um, we are going to facilitate the uh, transfers of data to third countries, so much more opportunities for companies to, to build on uh, contractual clauses, for instance, or rules adopted in a, in a group of undertaking uh, valid for, for all what we call binding corporate rules. So we accept uh, that this kind of internal rules may, may provide for uh, effective safeguard because they assume that they are uh, binding uh, within, within uh, the, the, the group. So we are increasing options for dialogue at international level, uh, opportunities. I've been appointed with a special uh, recommendation by 28 member states and uh, the um, and the European Parliament um, with a specific uh, recommendation to um, identify suitable solutions at international level to act as a sort of ambassador of the EU um, to, to see to which extent these legal rules can be an effective uh, reality. To be appointed as a European Data Protection Supervisor is, is more difficult than, than winning the elections in the US. <laughs> you should have the consensus of, uh, I mean, uh, the European Union executive power, 28 member states and, and, and 700 something members of the European uh, Parliament, plus the uh, president of the European Parliament and the uh, president of the EU in that semester. So. Um, a lot of people to keep happy. Yes. Okay. You mentioned a couple of times the international dimension. We will we'll move to that towards the end of the conversation, Giovanni, uh, and especially the United States dimension, obviously. But let me just press you on one point. Um, there's a kind of conventional wisdom or received wisdom, rather, that within, the, within Europe, especially when we're trying to contrast our behavior or compare our behavior or our attitude, our our culture with the United States, that we have this particular kind of unified view in Europe about data privacy, data protection, uh, whatever that is. But to what extent in your experience, uh, when it comes to, frankly, voting around the, the member states at, at the council level in, in this key area, that, that is the European Union as, as unified as all that, or are there quite interesting and quite significant, rather, discrepancies or differences of culture, at least, uh, across the member states? We're not a federal state, and uh, the union as an entity with, with a separate legal personality uh, is a, a, a recent reality. It has been introduced December 2000, uh, 2009. It, it means that we, uh, we continue keeping uh, the experiences at national uh, level, and we delegate um, I mean, some sovereignty to, to this entity. So... Um, we have an handicap compared to federal states like the, the, the US. We share many of the uh, values in terms of uh, privacy and data protection, but we have an entirely different uh, approach by a legal uh, view, viewpoint. 
we, we see the person we, we have to protect because of our constitutional principles, uh, the, um, the individuals as such, while in other countries, uh, for instance in the US at federal level, because the state level is different, right. um, the consumer, the subscriber, the, the, the user, so we, uh, we, have, a broader, uh, we have a broader approach. And, and data protection is, let's say, sort of a preventional approach. So we, we see the risks, mm -hmm. and, and therefore there are some obligations which are not necessarily uh, related to harm. Uh, and, and, and this is difficult to, to be explained. But experience shows that by intervening in, a, in an earlier stage, you have a lot of uh, advantages. Um, and there are economies in terms of scale because you prevent, for instance, uh, a loss of, of data, you, you can better ensure the maintenance of your uh, databases. Um, risks in terms of integrity of uh, databases, data systems are, are, are increasing a, a lot. So the money you spend and the energies you spend here are uh, very well placed. Okay, there's so much to talk about, but I want to finish off by asking two related questions with particular relevance to the United States. This new entity called the Privacy Shield, which has been introduced, replacing something else called the Safe Harbor Agreement. Um, first of all, I'm going to ask you, in the interest of uh, clarity for my listeners, um, what this Privacy Shield is about, in, in a few words, and link to that, therefore, how effective and how confident are you that this new privacy shield arrangement uh, is an improvement and, and will be effective? And then from that, we'll talk a bit about data localization. So first of all, Giovanni, what is the privacy shield and how confident are you that it's a, an effective tool? It's, an, it's a system of self-certification where a company transferring data from one of the countries in the European Union to the United States declares to respect certain principles. Why? Because one of the key principles of the European Union is that you can only transfer the data to a third country like the United States, uh, provide that the country ensures a protection of personal information very similar, essentially equivalent, says the, the Court of Justice, which is not the case for the United States. So we have to exercise some creativity, and this system has been um, uh, developed to succeed to another one, annulled by the Court of Justice, the safe harbor, um, since uh, it was not uh, considered as uh, offering this kind of safeguards in, in the appropriate uh, manner. So Privacy Shield now w will continue to exist just for the United States, uh, and so we are partly satisfied about the final uh, outcome. It does not uh, reflect 100% our expectation, but it's much better than the original step so uh, as a loyal enforcer we will uh, we will push for uh, giving uh, real life to to these instruments but this is for the short term so data flows are are really global while um, i mean national laws are, are purely local uh, globalization, uh, big data, Internet of Things, they increasingly require more and more synergy, mutual rec recognition of different approaches, more cooperation, and therefore will really encourage a system where the United States will, uh, um, will, will uh, continue working on the so-called Bill of Rights, uh, which has been uh, considered in a pre-final version by the current White House office, um, and, and they may build on, on this privacy shield. So the privacy shield may be interesting as a test for the, the short term, meaning uh, two, three years, 
uh, by thinking to the future. But nonetheless, I mean, I know it's not quite the same subject, but it is related, obviously, which is data localization. Some entities thinking that they can't maybe trust um, housing, storing their data uh, anywhere else, but somewhere more local in their own member state. As you said yourself just now, data flows are now truly global. So there's a, a huge tension no, in, in international trade uh, data flows on the one hand at the global level and this new growing trend almost, one would argue, for data localization. Uh, we are um, supporting every kind of initiative uh, at the European uh, Union level to discourage uh, um, I mean, a protectionist uh, approach in the United, in the European uh, Union. Internationally speaking, we have adopted an opinion, for instance, on clock computing, by saying that the uh, the future rules to be applied as from May 2018. Um, I mean, depart from the place where the servers are, are located. So data localization is not uh, uh, convenient by uh, a regulatory view, view, viewpoint. And we cannot assume that uh, regionalizing internet or, or networks may, may, may work. The kind of bridges and, and, and risks around networks would be more or less the, the, the same. So data localization is an issue by different viewpoint, perhaps uh, in terms of local economy or um, in, in by using another uh, protectionist uh, approach. But as uh, people working on data protection, we are doing the best to, to prevent such uh, fragmentation. Okay, well, we have to leave it there, unfortunately. Giovanni Buttarelli, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you.